0: Hey, welcome to Grace Online. My name's Josh. I'm the lead pastor of Grace Free Church. I'm pumped that you're on here and I'm believing God's got something awesome for you right here, right now. I'm excited to see how he's going to use this service in your life. And I also want you to know that if you are part of Grace Online and our online location, you are of A part of Grace Free Church, we're here to serve you. We have an amazing team that would love to serve you and your family in any way we can. If you're interested in learning more about Grace Free Church or the many programs we have to add value to your life and help you grow in your relationship with God, please don't hesitate to reach out. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, jump over to gracefreechurch.live to get the full Grace Free online experience. On this page, you're gonna find links to learn more about the kids programming. We have an amazing online kids location. Just click the, the kids link and it'll take you to an absolutely incredible online experience for your kids. Don't forget to hit the connect link. The connect link will allow you to kind of give us just a little bit of information about you so that you don't miss out on any of the really amazing things we have going on at Grace Free Church. Through that connect link, it's it's the main way we communicate with you to let you know what's going on, changes in our ministry, new groups, exciting kids programs, fun things like our amazing Christmas Eve or Easter programs. You just want to be connected with us, so hit the connect button and don't miss out on anything. We're about to get started with our worship service and there's going to be some singing. We'll have an incredible message for you following the singing and and some some really cool stuff to end it up to end up the service. I really hope you stick through this whole service. I'm believing God's got something amazing for you and I'm excited you're here. Let's worship together.
1: The storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see My heart can't help but believe There's nothing that our God can't do There's not a mountain that He can't move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do Oh, just one word You heal what's broken inside There's nothing There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater.
2: You're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves, oh, he is my song, let the king of my heart that the king of
1: my orphan heart was given a name my morning grew quiet my feet rose to dance when death was arrested and my life began though heaven had lost
0: God, thank you so much um, for who you are and for what you do. We're here gathered today. We don't want to take for granted this space and what you have for us this morning. We want to hear your voice. We don't want to hear my voice. We don't need more of me. We don't need more of us. We just need more of you. So would you give us clarity as we look in your word and help us to hear you, really to listen to what you have us have for us today. And we You are worthy of all of it, and uh, just help us to remove any barriers we have in our heart that have been getting in the way of our relationship with you. We love you. We're so thankful for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Piper down and listen. That's the the title best said in a Scottish accent. I'm not going to do that for you this morning. Because uh, I, I partially did it at 9.30 and butchered it. <laughs> um, but we've been taking a look at all of this New Year new year Same You and kind of scrapping the idea of New Year, New Year, New You. Because I don't know about you, but like for me, what I don't need is more of me. I've tried the let's just be a better Josh this year thing. And maybe that's going to fix my problems or make my life better. If I could be more self-disciplined, that will make my life better. If I could be more committed, if I could be more there and in it, then that'll fix everything. I've tried that and it hasn't worked for me. I don't need more of me to equal a better and new year. This next chapter of my life, I don't need more of me. Maybe, maybe you're with me, maybe you're not. My feeling is some of y'all feel it because that's why our New Year's resolutions blow up so quickly. We aren't the answer that we're really searching for. And so this series has said, what if it's just same me and embracing more of what God has given me, embracing more of what God has blessed me with, embracing more of who God is, the same New Year, same me, bigger God was how we started it off. New Year, same me, more grace. We've been kind of walking through all of these things, and I hope they have been encouraging and challenging and inspiring to you. I know the study of them has been for me. I got a confession to make, and that's I almost scrapped this message Monday. You see, I was looking over all the notes and kind of the outline that we set up when we designed these um, series, and I was just like, man, this is so practical, and it's not like a rah-rah inspiring speech. It's not like a give me goosebumps kind of message. And and, that, and I was wrong for thinking that, but in my Monday morning, like, not-so-good vibe, I texted Ryan. You know, you know long texters? You ever get somebody who sends you, like, a book and texts, and you're like, oh, come on, really? Like, I totally did that to our location pastor, Ryan, who's up in Tremont. I texted him like the whole message in one text message. I'm like, man, I'm just not feeling this. I don't know if it works. It's so practical. It's all about listening to God. And I'm just, it's not like a rah-rah speech. I don't know. Should I scrap it? Should I move on? And Ryan was like, no, this is exactly what we need. It's a reminder we need. And it's not about just feeling goosebumps and getting excited. Like this is about learning from God what is most important. And when you're not listening, What's most important often suffers. Uh, we, I coached soccer for a lot of years, and we would do this drill. It's like a team building drill, more than a soccer drill. And uh, I help out with a local uh, girls' high school team now. And um, one of the practices, the coach pulled this out, and uh, you get the whole team, and you divide them up into groups, and um, you have different groups, and uh, so you have like teams of four and you'd have one person from each team go into the middle of the 18-yard box. If you don't know what the 18-yard box is, it's a box that is 18 yards (laughs) big with a goal at the end of it. And uh, so we would put that one person would go in the middle, and coach would have them put blindfolds, uh, in the soccer world, that equates to stinky soccer socks around their eyes so they can't see. They would tie them off and coach laid a bunch of different soccer balls around the 18. The people in the middle can't see And the the goal of this drill is their teammates around the outside yell instructions for them so they can throw the ball. The goal is for them to pick up the ball, make their way to the huge goal at the end of the 18, and throw the ball in, scoring a point. They score a point, they're out, they win, they're not eliminated, right? Like, it's a a fun little exercise. What would work is if maybe one person on the sideline would yell instructions to the person in the middle, but they never do it that way everybody just starts screaming like maniacs. And what you end up in the middle is like a bunch of people getting plowed over like Brandon Graham's gonna plow over Patrick Mahomes today. <laughs> All right, I won't do that anymore, I promise. <laughs> um, it's chaos It's chaos, and you have this really big goal that should be easy to get a soccer ball into when you're just walking to it from 18 yards, but because of all the voices yelling, all of the instructions and all of the things, people get lost in the middle, and they're going the wrong direction. They're tromping over each other. They're tackling each other. It's just pure madness. It's because all the voices that are coming into their brains and hearing it, it, it just creates confusion. And we have, in our day and age, no shortage of voices. Pop, it's, it's right here, all the time. There's no shortage of people that tell you what to think. All right, they wanna, t- like just this morning, people know what I'm doing. Like, the people know what I'm doing on a Sunday morning. I got text messages after text messages. On my phone, I got 20,000 unopened emails. So if you're... If you're trying to email me, it's probably not, not a good idea. Right? It's just nonstop voices just pummeling us. And everybody has wants to tell us what to think or what to say or who we are or what our identity is. Everybody wants us to agree with their opinion. They all want to pull us in different directions. You have people in your life just placing expectations on you. It's like it doesn't even cost them anything. They expect you to be here, and they expect you to do that, and they expect you to do this, and with all those expectations comes all kinds of pressure. You have bosses that have voices in your life, and coworkers, and friends, and parents, and teachers, and school administrators, and coaches. And There's no shortage of the voices that are pummeling you. And what happens in my life is, the more I try to listen to everybody, The more I miss what's most important, I think you'd find that too. You have probably sacrificed some stuff in the relationship that matters most to you because of pressure from outside voices. There's been something that seemed urgent in the moment. And you chose to do what seemed urgent in the moment at the sacrifice of what was most important in the long haul. And we look back on those things and we think, why did I I sacrifice time with my kids for that? Why did I not show up for my friend when they needed me most? Because I was too concerned about what my boss would say. You see, the more voices that come up, the more we lose what's most important. And we live in a time and place where we have learned to cope with all of the voices, but we still miss what's most important. And I want to submit to you something today that, I don't know, maybe you're like, this is the simplest, most silliest thing I, I ever. Heard. I don't need this reminder, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Maybe, this is what I'm maybe the one who made you. The one who knit you in your mother's womb. one who delights in you. The one who has given you a purpose and meaning. The one who promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe the one who holds the keys to life and death. Maybe, maybe he is speaking what's most important. And maybe, just maybe, with all the other voices, mine included, we can miss what's most important that God wants to speak into our lives. So this morning I want to talk to you about listening for God's voice. It's Piper Down and Listen. and. Thankfully, Ryan steered me right on this one, and it is more practical, so I just want you to know if you're a note-taker, you're probably really excited about that. Um, If you're not a note-taker and you just came for like some goosebumps, I don't know, maybe you're disappointed, but I believe that God has some really important stuff for us to learn about listening. After all, Jesus would say after teaching a parable to a crowd of people, let him who have ears hear, right? Like just because you're here, Just because you have ears doesn't mean God, it's landing. (laughs) It's something that my wife could tell you really well. Like, he's got ears, and he looks like he's listening, but he's not always listening. (laughs) You see, there's a difference between hearing and listening. You have these things, you can hear. It doesn't mean you're actually listening to what's being said. I want to talk to you about the difference in that in just a second, but can I, could you just... Um, Listen as I read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, and uh, it's the story of Samuel. I don't know if you remember Samuel. Uh, We talk about Samuel a little bit um, every time we do child dedications here in this church because Samuel's a great example from the Old Testament of what it looks like to dedicate a kid to the Lord. His mother, after being barren for a lot of years and being praying about this, God had blessed her late in her life with the birth of Samuel, and she was so overwhelmed with this incredible thing that she took Samuel to the temple and dedicated him to the Lord. And uh, so Samuel is living at the temple with Eli, and I'm sure mom's there often too. It's not like he's just cut off from his family, but he's there to learn and to to be mentored in ministry. Uh, This kid is learning about what it means to love God and serve people, and his mentor is Eli, it says this, it says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. and In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And when that happens, maybe our expectations need to be tweaked to hear God speaking. It's not that he isn't speaking. So maybe our expectations are off on how he speaks or how we should listen. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, "Here I am. You called me, my son." Eli said, "I did not call. Go back and lie down." Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord; the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli, and Eli was probably like, "You kidding me, man? Like, what? So, you got you got kids? They roll into your room like a." one and then three and then four and you're like just go to bed Eli wasn't like that though Eli kind of has this realization and in verse eight it says Eli or in verse nine it says Eli told Samuel go and lie down and if he calls you say speak Lord your servant is listening. Eli figures out man it's it's God that's trying to get his attention so Samuel went to lay down in his place I love this verse. The Lord came and stood there. Calling as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Don't you like, you ever catch yourself saying things like, man, I wish, I wish God would just do that for me. You know, then I would know which job to take. If he would just like come down here and stand right here and be like Josh, Josh, I could be like God. I don't know what to do. Like I don't, I don't know what to do about this. Like I, I've caught myself thinking, if only God would be right here. If only I could just talk to Him. If only I could just ask Him. We read verses like this and we forget that God promises that He is here already. He's still calling. Where two or three are gathered, there he is also. It's tempting to look at a verse like this and be like, God, I wish God would just show up here for me so I can. When he's already there. He's already here speaking and calling to you every Sunday. Lord said to Samuel, oh, Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I love that. I love this passage about Samuel. Samuel needed a little help hearing from God, and sometimes I do too. What I love about Eli is Eli kind of gives him the help he needs. Sometimes it takes somebody coming alongside and helping you understand how to hear God better. I've had people in my life like Eli who've done that and I hope to do that and help other people do that too. And what I love about this passage is you find Samuel in the right space with the right posture and the right expectations. He didn't get there by himself. Eli had to get there. The the difference between just hearing and listening is found in those three things. It's about being in the right space. You know, like, sometimes that person you love, they may be in the right space physically, but they're still not really listening to you. The a little call of duty's going on or something. You're in the same room, and you're speaking, and they're kind of, like, looking at you and playing call of duty at the same time. They may hear the words that are coming out of your mouth, but they're not landing anywhere. You know that feeling? Or like he comes home from work and he's got a million different things and you you gotta tell him what's actually going on that's most important and he's nodding and everything physically looks like it's in the right space but you just know, like it's not, dude, it's not a secret. (laughs) Sometimes I'm nodding and I'm looking, blankly staring at lips that are moving in my direction. I even know that what's coming out of those lips are probably the most important thing and that my happiness for the rest of the evening <laughs> depends on me listening to what those words are and yet I still am like, I probably should be listening, but I'm not. Why am I not listening? This is really important and I have no idea what she just said. <laughs> Pipe her down and listen. See, being in the right space is about Not just about your physical location, it's about being intentional. It's about being in the right space physically. It's about emotionally, spiritually, maybe, even slowing down and knowing that like I need to hear. I need it. Samuel was in the right space, he was had the right posture. His humility was something that he had. It was a a part of Samuel, but it was also something Eli reminded him when he said, tell him your servant is here when you go back. He had the right posture of heart, the right posture for you to hear from God in life is a humble posture and an open posture. You see, sometimes I think, although we all struggle with pride, sometimes I think people who Say they follow Jesus are better at the humility and worse at the closed off thing. It's so easy for us to think we got it all figured out. We have it all nailed down. I know all the stuff I'm supposed to know. And in some ways, we close ourselves off to what God is saying. As a dad and a husband, sometimes I close myself off because I feel like it makes me stronger. Makes me somehow more macho, a better dad, a better man. In reality, that's not the posture to have to hear what's most important. It's humble and open. The third thing is Eli helps Samuel learn to expect God to speak. Do you expect God to be speaking to you? God cares. And he's still speaking. I hear a lot of times somebody will say to me or to a friend, man, it felt like Josh was just speaking right to me this morning. I got a little newsflash for you that has extremely little to do with Josh, if not nothing at all. I don't have that kind of insight or ability that's not something that any person can do. That's not what this thing is. It's not like Josh tries to get in there and emotionally speak and manipulate all this. That's not what that is at all. It's not that at all. It's a God who cares and who has been showing up for you and speaking to you because he loves you. That's it. This whole exercise is me just trying not to mess it up. It's me just trying to get out of the way. It's me just trying to be faithful to what God has called me to do so that he can speak to you. Eli needed the expectation tweaked for Samuel so that Samuel would understand that God is the one who is showing up for you in these moments, not some person. God is the one who wants to speak to you Not me. God is the one who knows your heart and knows what you need. And sometimes people are like, when you said this, and I'm like, I don't even think I said that. It's because God cares, and he's speaking. I don't know how you roll in here this morning. Maybe your expectation is of God. I don't know. But you can expect him to keep communicating to you because he cares about you. I pulled three principles from this that I think are really important uh, about listening. And the first one about listening for God's voice in your life is this. God's not playing hide and seek. He's not playing hide and seek. My dad, like, hide and seek was savage in my house. And uh, I don't know, maybe somebody would call children and youth on my dad after this one. It's okay, he's with Jesus. So good, good luck with that and, uh, we all turned out all right, but my savage—my dad was savage when it came to playing hide and seek in our house. He would, you know, he would be in charge of watching. Mom was out doing whatever with her friends, or and, and if it was Dad's night, eventually after we ate or whatever, it would come down to hide and seek. We thought these games were epic, by the way, as kids. And uh, he would put us in the closet that we had to count. To, no, that sound, you think that sounds bad? Just wait a second, like he put us in the closet, and then he would go hide, and we'd have to count a certain amount of time. But he would never, like, give us any clues. It wasn't, like, you know, like, whistle. You know, some of you, like, hide, then you, like, make noise, so your kids find you, and that's cute. And everybody gets a participation clap for that one. And, like, that wasn't my house. My dad would, like, hide, hide. Like, he would, like, I'm surprised he didn't build, like, tunnels to hide. We would spend hours looking for him, and we'd have no idea, like, the house could be on fire. And we'd be like, Dad, the house is on fire. And he'd be like, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> it escalated to the point where he would take his own ties. His, his, his Ties are what preachers used to wear. And, uh, <laughs> he would take his ties, and we would put my brother Matt and I in the closet, and he would tie our hands with his old ties, and our feet with his old ties. And we were done with counting. We would have to escape from the, <laughs> we'd be like, Dad, it's getting tighter. Nothing. He wouldn't come. Like, pretty sure there's a slipknot. Matt's got a knife. No. Like, he would not budge or whisper. He did not want to be found. I- I'll tell you what, man. I'm probably the only one in here that would survive a kidnapping because, <laughs> like, I don't know if that was their plan. Like, we're just gonna let them roam, roam Cresona and not pay attention to a thing that's going on in their life. But don't worry, because if anyone ties them up, I'm pretty sure they'll escape. Like, I don't know if that was his whole thinking. It was savage. Like, didn't want us to find. God wants you to find. He's not playing hide and seek. He wasn't like, Samuel, I'm over here. And then quick behind the altar, like go into another room. If you can find me, if you can find me. No, God keeps calling. And it says he stood right there. Deuteronomy 30, it's this beautiful passage. I'm gonna read it. He's talking to the nation uh, of Israel in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, if I can find it. And there it is. And he says, what I've commanded you today, what he was speaking to them, it's not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven So that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. It, It's not beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word of the Lord is very near. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart so that you may obey it. In John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about his flock, his sheep, those who follow him and believe in him and he says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep will follow them because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger because they do not know his voice. God's not playing hide and seek. Don't make it harder than it really is to hear him. Hearing him is about getting out of the way. It's about making space. It's about turning down the volume of everything else. That's why you hear old saints talk about Are you doing quiet time? You get you getting some quiet time? Those of us who aren't old saints and haven't rolled around the church since Noah sailed the ark and have kids and are just thinking, how do I get through this day without pulling my hair out are like, quiet time, are you crazy? (laughs) What, What they're talking about is getting into a space that you are intentional about where you can turn down the volume of everything else, have the right posture and listen for God's voice in your life. Don't make it harder than it is. Turn down the volume, be intentional, make a space and get out of the way. God wants to speak to you. The second thing is principle is this: hearing is how faith grows. In Romans 10:17 it says, "Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's how faith grows. If you're struggling with your faith, if you feel like you don't have enough faith to get through what you're getting through, that the message, the plan, the solution is simple. It's not get the worship song Goosebumps on a Sunday morning. It's listen to the word of God about Christ. Listen to what God says about Jesus. Follow his life read about what he does and what he says it's his word that grows faith in us i have to ask myself is like 30 32 minutes a week is a great start that's why we say like come to church it's one hour that'll make your whole week better it's because we believe romans ten seventeen is true hearing the word of god grows your faith but then i have to ask is 32 minutes a week enough for me i like what our connection care pastor says his name is rick he's a crazy philadelphia sports fan nut he's an older gentleman he's here today rick is our congregational care pastor and he has a plethora of grandchildren i don't know if plethora is the right word He's got lots of grandchildren. Every once in a while, him and his wife, Melissa, will have all the grandchildren over to their house for what would, I guess, would be one big, crazy grandkid party for a week. And Rick would tell me how he gets his children around. Eventually, they'll talk about God. He'll say, he'll he'll challenge his grandchildren with this. He'll say, just give God two minutes, two, three minutes a day, just that. You can do two, three minutes. Just read a verse and pray for two, three minutes. What would happen if you added just two or three minutes of time a week where you just... A day where you just turn down the volume of everything else and you listen for God's voice. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't take a big commitment. You don't have to reorganize your schedule and bust out the highlighter to figure out when you're going to fit it in. You can do two or three minutes a day. And what you will experience is a faith that is growing. And a faith that is growing is what sees you through life. When it hits the fan and things get really difficult and challenging and hard and you're confused and you don't know what to do and you're crushed in spirit and you're discouraged and people have been mistreating you and someone said something about you that wasn't true and you're dealing with all of this really hard stuff, it's your faith that has grown because you've been listening to God's word that sees you through. That's the second principle. Hearing is how faith grows. And the third principle I pull out of this is listening is a key to life and your purpose. Samuel learning to listen from God sets him on this incredible journey. Following Jesus and becoming a prophet of the Lord. Sharing God's word to a whole generation of people following him. In Proverbs eight thirty four, it says, blessed are those who listen to me, who watch daily at my door. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 says it like this. It says, I have Jim Halpert marking my page right there. It says, come to me all who are thirsty, come to the waters, you who have no money, come by and eat, come by wine and milk without... Money and without cost, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me. Listen and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Listen that you may live. You see, listening to God is the key to life. So how do you know? what's God's voice and what's everybody else's voice, your voice or somebody else's voice is trying to manipulate. As a pastor, I get to hear people's faith stories and their journey with God and I often hear God told me a lot and it often makes me say, really, Like, how do you know it was God? (laughs) Sometimes people have told me some strange things and said, well, God told me and I'm like, I'm pretty sure God didn't tell you that. After my mom passed away, my dad became apparently the most eligible bachelor in Cresona campus. I don't get it. I have no idea. But man, like, they were, the ladies were, they weren't, he didn't have DMs, but they would have been in them, you know, if he had them. And uh, he was pursued by this one woman. She's with Jesus now too. I love her to death, so I can feel confident I can share the story. And, uh, she one time wrote to him this long letter and he brought me into the office. He was all disheveled and nervous about it. He's like, I don't know. Like, look at this letter. And the whole letter was like, God told me while I was in the shower that we should get married and buy this house and do all this different stuff. And that's what God told me. Don't be disobedient to what God has been telling me. And my dad's like, God didn't tell me that. Like, and then he came up with the best like, leave me alone line ever. And that was, God told me I'm supposed to be single the rest of my life. (laughs) Maybe you've had people come into your life and they're like, God told me this. And you're like, really? Because that sounds more like what you want. I'm not sure that's what God wants. Sometimes in the church world, people blame God for their own insecurity or manipulation or wants. I don't, so I don't want, like, I don't like that. Like, this is how you know it's God's voice. God will never contradict himself. What he says to you always lines up and comes from his word, what he's already spoken. I know that there's like popular social media atheists out there. They throw up memes on the internet showing how the Bible contradicts itself. It's just an extremely uh, immature understanding Of what God is actually saying, not just in a verse, but in a chapter and in a book and in a time period of life. It doesn't take into account anything cultural or meaningful or contextual about what God's saying. Because when you understand those things, you see that his message always lines up and he never contradicts himself. If God says something to you and it doesn't line up with this, it's not God. It's not. Here's another way to tell God's voice in your life. This is the last one I'm going to give you this morning. That is that God is always trying to make you more like Jesus. If God speaks to you, when he's talking to you, when he's speaking to you through his word or the sermon or song, he's trying to make you more like Christ. So that means that I can never be like, God told me I shouldn't forgive that person. God told me they're a punk. <laughs> What's that, does that sound like Jesus? <laughs> you know? Like, it has to make you more like Christ. That's what God's doing when He speaks to us. Listen, I hope this week you can kind of like turn down the volume a little bit more of all the other voices. Maybe this week you can take some time and just be more intentional about your space and your posture. God wants to speak to you because he loves you and he's calling you to himself. Maybe maybe to experience more of him this year. It's not about me doing anything different. It's just about me turning down all the other noise and starting to practice with great expectation, listening for God. Let's pray. I thank you so much for your word. It's life-giving. It's alive. It's useful. Practical. We just pray that we would get out of the way. That we would be better at practicing listening for you. We'd be maybe a little more intentional. Maybe just two or three minutes a day. We know that you grow our faith through your word. And in these days, man, we are so desperate to have a strong faith that will see us through challenging times. So help us to know, how, it's so amazing that you are not playing hide and seek with us, that you just love us and want to speak to us. Help us to not just be hearers, but to truly listen. To have the kind of listening that doesn't just walk away, but that has changed because of what you have said. In Jesus'
1: name, amen.
4: Good morning, Grace family and friends. We are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus. I wanna take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true, Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians 4:18 through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact, we can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church, you can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.
1: Fails me All my days I've been held In your hands From the moment That I wake up Until I lay My head Oh I will sing Of the goodness Of God All my life You have been Failed So, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire And darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father It was my tune Till I met you scene of hate.